You know, I always say that if you love my show, please support my sponsors. Well, Balesa.co is a sponsor that you'll want to go and support because all I'm asking you to do is to visit their website, B-E-L-L-E-S-A dot C-O, which is a completely free site that has all kinds of things to explore. Yes, for free. From sensual adult movies to erotic fiction and current event articles, Balesa has so much to offer. They view sexuality through a feminine lens, and I have to say it's so refreshing to see adult content portrayed in this way. So please drop in at balesa.co and get lost in the incredible amount of content they have to offer for free. Adam and Eve is one of the most respected names in the adult industry. Trust me, I used to work for them. They are an awesome company. And what makes them even more awesome is the deal they are giving exclusively to my listeners. Just enter code HOLLY at checkout for your 10 free gifts, including free shipping. They have everything from adult movies to sex toys to lingerie, books, you name it. So go to adamandeve.com and enter HOLLY, that's H-O-L-L-Y, at checkout to enjoy this special offer. Today in the studio, I have Erica Lust. I was just at her screening this past Saturday X Confessions, and it was an amazing, amazing event. So she's here fresh off of the heels of that, and I'm going to talk to her about how that went for her, how um, the Netflix documentary that we were both in kind of changed things for her, and, you know, what's the future for Erica Lust and X Confessions. So I really appreciate Erica coming here. She's traveled all the way from Spain. And I know that she's a busy woman, so she's made some time for us. So let's introduce her, Erica Lust on Holly Randall Unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today, I am honored and thrilled and excited and all the adjectives in the world to have the amazing America, America. (laughs) 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 I don't know where that came from. (laughs) To have America as my birth home. (laughs) Also, Erica Lust is here in the studio. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh, my God. I don't know. That was a weird, weird, like, Freudian slip. It couldn't even be, because I don't know that would make any sense at all. No, no. No, that was strange. Sorry. Mm. Erica. Don't worry. I'm here. How are you? I'm great. And I'm in America. You are in America. (laughs) Erica in America. Erica in America. Oh, my God. Less in LA. Less than LA. Erica in America. Like it all, it's like a poetry. Yes. You were meant to be here. Yes, it seems like that. So how are you feeling today? Have you recovered from this weekend? I did recover. Uh, It was a fabulous weekend, really. Girl, you should like pat yourself on the back. That was an amazing event. And I don't know about you, but if I was you, I'd be so proud of myself right now. You were like, you were on fire. It was incredible. Thank you so much for saying that. Do you, you know, feel I'm, like... I was nervous. I'm always nervous when I'm doing big things and when I'm going, you know, abroad to a, a new country because America, in in a sense, it's a new country for me, really, you it's know? It's exhausting to do productions abroad because I've done it. And um, yeah, I applaud you because like doing something, doing an event like that is difficult in the first place. Mm. Doing it in another country is like a whole other ballgame. But I had a wonderful team. 
Mm -hmm. I'm not the only one, you know, organizing, obviously. So I had a wonderful team here. They did a great, great job. And I'm. So was that the Berlin Film Society based out of here? Well, it's the Berlin Film Society organizing, but then together with Fox Wolf, that's a production company, and the girls working for Fox Wolf, they are based here in LA. So they picked out this wonderful location in Silver Lake. And. they, you know, organize the dancers and the sponsors and all of that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So we should probably say for our listeners, because we haven't even really said <laughs> what we're talking about. Just talking. We're just, uh, yeah, we're just like that one thing that we did exactly. that was super cool and underground. Uh-huh. Um, so Erica is out here and she did a screening for her series X Confessions. Mm-hmm. And that event was on Saturday and I went and it was amazing. And you screened, um, how many movies were in there? Uh, six or seven, I think. Okay. But they were theatrical versions. Mm-hmm. So online we have the longer version right. with more sex, yes. if I'm allowed to say so. I yes. guess on this podcast yes. is not the problem. You can say whatever you want. You don't have to worry about it. It's so funny. Sometimes I have people come on. They're like, can I swear? I'm like, <laughs> yes. But I sometimes when I do radio and shows, oh, yeah. I get lists of words that I can't say. Yeah. I did a public uh, radio show a little while ago, and about 75% of the way through, I said, fuck. And the guy was, like, (laughs) appalled. He was so angry, and he was like, you can't say that. And I'm like, I should be getting, like, acknowledged the fact that I made it 75% through the program without saying that word. Like, where's my gratitude for that? I mean, come on. You're, like... Right. You're you're lucky I made it that far. Sometimes you just need to say it. I just I'm not used to editing <laughs> yeah. myself, you know? Yeah. So it's hard for me. But anyways, okay, so go on. But people are afraid of words. I mean, I just last week I got kicked out out, out of Vimeo online and they said that uh, it's partly because I can't show any bathing suit areas. Is that what they call it? <laughs> yes. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> Wow, I've never heard of that. I've it's never crazy. heard that used it's before. It's crazy. They can't use vagina? Come on. Yeah. What or is genitals this? Genitals. Or full frontal nudity. Yes. Bathing suit you, you areas. You can't stimulate bathing suit areas. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, that's not allowed. That is so bizarre. <laughs> wow. So, okay. So, you're – okay, so we had this incredible screening, and – um I have to say there were – so my favorite one hmm, – my favorite one is probably the Hungry Beasts one. Mm-hmm, That's what the title was, mm-hmm. right? And that was with Misha Cross. Yes. And she was in a kind of warehouse and she had these men dressed in masks doing this kind of um, interpretive dance type of, type of thing with her. Now, I noticed that um, the actual sex scene had two performers and you had several – um, men in the initial scene. I'm going to assume that most of those guys were like professional dancers. That's correct. Yeah, that's yes. what I figured. Uh, um, did you have any of the male performers in that beginning sequence of the dance part? Both of them were oh, also they- dancing. We oh, did okay. we did rehearsals a few days before the shooting. Oh wow! Uh, and we worked together with a wonderful uh, choreographer. Mm-hmm. So it was all you know prepared and set up before the shooting. Mm -hmm. So how long did that production take you to do? Uh, Well, uh, the shooting took a day. Uh Normally, my films take a day to shoot, Mm -hmm. but then it's obviously the pre-production that is very well prepared and we work, you know, for weeks before shooting. Mm -hmm. 
But what I what I used to do is uh, when I shoot, I shoot for you know five to seven days, and then I do a lot of short films at a time. So mm. I start preparing those, let's say eight weeks before shooting. Mm-hmm. So you actually, so what you do is you shoot a bunch in a row, exactly, and then you like because take it's time obviously off. most cost effective. Yes, mm. yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm. Um, and then I have to say that the vampire one. Mm-hmm. The roomie, mm-hmm. and it made me cringe a little bit. So that one, so for your listeners, it was a, a girl who was on her period, and then this vampire comes, and she offers him her neck, but instead he goes for her vagina, and he eats her out while she's on her period, and it's this whole... And it's bloody. Blood thing. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like... So first of all, I do want to say, I thought that that shot that you got initially of the blood dripping down her leg uh-huh. and falling into the water was so beautiful. Oh, it is. Um, and then I liked the way that you kind of portrayed him... Um, without looking like overly cheesy, it's got to. It's hard to do vampire stuff without it coming off hokey. It's difficult. Yeah, we, we read the makeup a few times before we got it right because really? we wanted him to be a little white but not too white. Yeah, and then we had some teeth we were testing, but it was too much. So yeah, then we took it out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, I have, but I really appreciated kind of what I felt was sort of like. The message behind that? Did you? Mm. So, how did you come up with that idea? I'm assuming that was probably sent to you by somebody else. Uh-huh. And were you a little bit unsure at first? Actually, it was something that I had wanted to do for years. Okay. Uh, but at first, I didn't really dare to do it or I didn't really know how to do it. And then one day, I got this confession on the site, and suddenly I felt, Mm, this really corresponds with something that I already wanted to do. So mm-hmm. it must be a sign I need mm-hmm. to do this. Uh, and then I figured out that it's very important to talk about this kind of, of taboos. Because obviously, I mean, all women, you know, we have periods. Yes. We are on our periods. And many of us, we even, you know, like having sex when we're on yeah. our period. Even if that's something that people normally think uh, we don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I just thought it was it was interesting to do this kind of fantasy fantasy take on it because when you p- suddenly put in a vampire there uh, it gets a little less realistic mm-hmm. and this fantasy vibe and mm, yeah it's playful right yeah 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 it was it was mm-hmm. i thought it was i thought it was a good way to to take that on have you ever gotten um a scene where you were really unsure about shooting it you thought it wasn't going to work or you weren't going to like it and then it turned out to be something totally different than what you expected and it kind of shifted your view maybe on that particular fetish or well when it comes to uh, to dominance and submission obviously it's always a question about where is your boundary mm. how far can you go what do you want to to show and for me I mean I, I made a few different films with this kind of of a subject and um, it's very important for me to show 
before the sex starts, how the the characters or how my performers negotiate the rules for that kind of setup. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like to explain to my viewers what is going on and and that they are giving consents and what are their safe words. And so everybody is aware about that situation. Mm -hmm. But then I had had a situation uh, not that long ago with uh, two actors and the girl was uh, getting spanked and suddenly I started to see that her her butt was, you know, a little bloody, that Mm. you could start seeing some bruises and some blood. And and I had a feeling that, oh, no, we're we're touching the limit. So obviously, I went up, you're like, Kat, uh, how are you, Lena? Mm. Are you okay? You know, and she looked at me and she was totally into the situation. And she didn't really understand why I had cut that scene. And she said, like, no, this is amazing. (laughs) Let me keep on going. You know, so it is very difficult as as a director to know and to emotionally read your actors. Are they good? Are they in a good situation? Are they wanting to do what they are doing? And I mean, in in, in our whole society, as this at this point, we are starting to talk about consent, mm. and consent is something that sometimes is is difficult to understand because obviously you can give consent to something. And then during the time that you are having sex, you can change your mind. Right. So you have to be very, very, very open and very interested and very active and know the persons that you are working with to to see if they are really, really, really okay with what what is happening, right? Yeah, because it's going to be hard for them to call cut. I mean, you've already got this whole production going on. You feel the pressure right. of everybody on set. It's a vulnerable set, situation mu- yeah, in and it's front just like, of the camera. And you can just kind of waste thousands of dollars you know, just like that, well, in your, as, but you know, in your head, yeah, like yeah. I can imagine that. As we shoot on digital, it's yeah. easier today, right? I yeah. can imagine the responsibility when they were shooting on real film, right? Yeah. As any actor, like, oh my god, you don't want to fuck that up, yeah, 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 right? Uh, but I, but 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 I mean, it's it's obviously that uh, for me, the whole kind of ethical process, how we work with our performers, is very very important. And I make sure that they understand that it's if they don't feel up for anything, they can always call a cut, you know, that's totally okay. Uh, but then again, it's it's like you're saying, if you're in that situation, sometimes you want to do the good thing and mm-hmm. just continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. It can be, there's have been some girls who, sometimes even when girls are having sex, the noises that they make sound like they're in pain. It's just like the way that they just enunciate their right. pleasure and right. I'll like stop them and be like, are you okay? They're like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, this it sounds like you're dying, but that's actually not. It's just how they are. But yeah. um, I know what you mean. But like, the more you work with a person, yes. the more you get to understand these levels yes. and who they are and what they really like and enjoy. Do you think that you possibly run into that situation more often than I might? Because you work with a lot of people who aren't like actual porn performers, right? Like you work with... Well, most of the people I work with comes from a kind of indie adult community in mm-hmm. Europe. Okay. Uh, we work with many performers from from Berlin. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, most of them are not really active in the kind of a mainstream adult porn business, but they are active in this, you know, in the community. They are doing a lot of performances, erotic shows, uh, smaller shootings. Uh, some are shooting for themselves. Um, many people are working at, you know, this big discotheques in Berlin mm. that are having, putting on sex shows and, mm -hmm. and that kind of. And then I do work with uh, some people who write to me and who have seen the movies and who have never done anything before, but they, you know, really would like to 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 become involved. And with uh, with those people, I always, you know, chat for a long time to try to find out why and their reasons and how they feel and if they have talked to their parents and the people around them. And I try to explain to them that they must be aware that, uh, I mean, you know, my, my movies sometimes are in magazines or newspapers or, you know, they could be pictures from a shoot uh, in in a place that they wouldn't have expected. So mm -hmm. they are aware of that. Yeah, I mean, it's the internet these days now, so now it's everywhere, you know. Before, you could maybe shoot some movies and it would just be on DVD buried in the back right, at some adult right. shop, but it's not but, like that anymore. But, but somehow, you know, if you do anything explicit and anything adult, it mm -hmm. will always come out. Yes. It's almost impossible oh, yeah. and I have sometimes some people saying no but my parents you know they live in a in a cottage yeah. in the woods and yeah. they will never see this but somehow it gets there yeah anyway, somebody else know? will see it he'll tell somebody else yeah, It'll, yeah I totally agree <laughs> so with you so I think you, you really you have to understand that there's mm -hmm. uh, and you have to be prepared for that mm -hmm. uh, but but then I, I sometimes I do films with people that I feel that we are behind all the those barriers and they are prepared to do it and I I uh, really like the feeling of people being in front of the camera that are not really acting mm. that are just being that yeah. are just being themselves and having sex the way they would probably have it at home you know yeah and now this leads us to another one of your short films that uh -huh. you screened and that was um uh I forget she did Funny spelling for her name. Which one are we the, talking The one about? where the girl had sex with the porn star that she... With the, the, the obsess, Obsessed with Owen Gray? Yes, 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 yes. 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 Okay. Uh, her name is Cynthia. And Cynthia. She's, she is a girl uh, living in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the only film she has done. She mm -hmm. does some erotic photography, etc. And uh, she contacted me. The confession uh, that that film is based on is not by her. It's mm -hmm. by another fan of Owen Gray. He mm -hmm. has obviously a lot of fans. I'd never there. heard of him before. You never heard of him? I'd never heard of him before. Oh my God, I can't before. believe this. I he know. is wonderful. I know. And that's what An <laughs> I said it to Angela White afterwards, yeah. who I was sitting next to. And she was like, what do you mean you've never heard of him? I'm like, I've never heard of him. Yeah. But to be honest, like I... I hardly ever shoot boy girl anymore. So, right. But anyways, right, right. so go ahead. Yeah, no, but 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 uh, so uh, she was into him, yeah. Cynthia, right? And yeah. I talked to her and 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 I said, as I always do, so with 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 who would you like to mm -hmm. you know to film? And she said, well, there's there's this guy. It's 
oven. It must be oven. It, he is the one I would like to do it with. Mm. And then, uh, you know, I contacted him and I said, hey, we have this. Uh, I talked to, to this uh, woman in Barcelona and she would like to get involved and she's really into you. Uh, how do you feel about that? And then, he, you know, they started mm. some online contact. And mm. and then both of them came back to me and they said, yeah, we're, we're in this. We would like to do it. And then I had this idea where I proposed uh, to them to do the meeting for the first time on camera. Mm. So they had been chatting online, but mm. they had never, you know, met in person. Mm-hmm. And uh, we filmed that moment. Yeah. And it's really magical, you know. Yeah. How? I didn't actually expect it to lead into sex. I don't know why I thought like other things were going to happen or <laughs> right. there was going to be an interview or something, but it totally like made sense. And it was, it was so great how they just connected, but they didn't actually really speak to each other. You know, they just, mm-hmm. it was just like that, that chemistry. And then it just. And the chemistry was there because they had spoken to each yes. other, but online, yes. you know, so, so it was just the first encounter in real life. Yeah. And how she really started off, like, very nervous and shy, but then how she really opened up and blossomed, like, once she got into it, you know, and she completely changed. And it was great to see that transformation. And it's also amazing that 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 thing with people, how they can be very different in life Mm. from in their sex life. You know, you can have different kind of, of, of roles, really. And she, as you said, she's so shy as a person, but then sexually, she's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is your first time to L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, you've never done – now, you've, been, you've done these kinds of screening events before, yes. right? What was what was the one this weekend like compared to the ones that you've done like home in Europe? Like was there any big cha- differences that you saw? Was it – Well, people were uh, – people were amazing. People were so open and so friendly and so warm and so – they really kind of wanted to get entertained, mm-hmm. you know. Did you expect um, to have like that kind of fan base there? Is that like normal for you to have like groupies in the back like screaming your name and like girls like being unable to like talk when they get like it was so cute when they went around and did like questions from the audience. Like girls would just they were so nervous they would just ramble. I'm like, what is your question? They're just like blah blah. I love you so much. Oh my god. It was really really sweet though. I mean, people are oh, yeah. you really inspire people. Like, did yes. you did you you know that before or I kind of did but it, no, 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 but it really kind of hit you on Saturday night I would yeah, imagine yeah yeah it does especially when you travel half the world you yes. know you come to a completely different place right uh, but the funny thing was that I've, I've, I've been traveling around a little uh, this last month so I have been uh, 10 days to Mexico before mm. coming here first to Guadalajara International mm. Film Festival and then to another film festival in Puerto Vallarta and I you know, was also I, I didn't expect anything really in in Mexico mm. so much because online I haven't heard so much from from people from there, right? Mm. But then suddenly I had fans in Guadalajara, and I yeah. was like, "Where do they come from?" I didn't know. So when I came here, I was a little more prepared that mm. it could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, because here I have a little more of a fan base, yeah, uh, even if it's not so big. Uh, but it, I mean, it feels it feels 
incredible. It feels outstanding. I mean, I, the, 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 the sensation of really having a 20-year-old girl coming up to you saying, hey, Erica, you changed my life. You have really inspired me. Uh, the way I see sex now is so different. Uh, it means the world to me. Yeah. It means everything. Yeah, it's gonna be incredible. It's, and it's not. It's not only young girls. It's. I mean, it's. It's also grown up men. You mm-hmm. know that people sometimes would not really expect because, mm-hmm. obviously, I do. Uh, I do market uh, my films a lot for a female audience and and but. But I have a lot of of, of male fans yeah. also, you know, and it's amazing because on our side uh, we shoot a lot of different uh, diverse sexualities. So we have a few films that are gay films, for example. Mm-hmm. And I'm always surprised when I have heterosexual men writing to me saying, hey, I would never have expected really that I would you know, watch gay porn, that I would like it. And now I watched this film and I realized that, wow, it can be great. Yeah, it's interesting when you can, like, introduce people to something that they would have never looked at before. Mm-hmm. I remember actually I had this exact conversation with Jessica Drake the other day because um, she did that movie, Jessica Drake is Wicked, which included her doing a scene with some transgender Mm -hmm. um, performers, which she had never done before. And she said that she had people who were like, they bought the DVD for the straight scenes, um, but they watched the trans scene and they were surprised that they liked it. And they would have never like gone out and purposely sought out like a trans – porno or scene or anything like and that. And that is wonderful. I yeah. think I think it's wonderful when we when we can, you know, challenge people's ideas about their own sexuality because so many people they box their sexuality into this little, mm-hmm. you know, idea, okay, so I am this, you know, mm-hmm. mature heterosexual woman, but suddenly maybe you are not. Suddenly yeah. you are turned on by something completely different that yeah. you would never have expected. And that uh, I think that is great and I think it it helps also to open up your minds toward other, you know, ways of respecting people really. Mm -hmm. And just maybe being able to see how diverse sexuality is and and maybe bring, I don't know, hopefully a better tolerance to people who don't. You know, maybe you're not into that thing, but that doesn't mean Mm. that, you know, somebody else can't be into it. Exactly. Being more accepting of people's... People's sexual interests, sexual, right, you know, people, right. sexuality is so diverse and, and so fascinating. And, it's and crazy. And so fluid, really. Yes. Because, you know, we change. During yes. a lifetime, we change so many times. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, living in our bodies, our bodies change. And yes. I mean, I, I totally know it as a woman who had, you know, two, two girls, two mm-hmm. children. I know that during my pregnancies and after... I've been through a lot of different phases Mm -hmm. and I had to reinvent myself kind Mm -hmm. of, you know. So what brought, how did, tell me how Erica Lust began. Tell me like (laughs) how you started this whole thing Uh, and how you got to where you are now. Well, it's obviously a long story. Uh, it That's started. Okay. We got a long time. <laughs> we got a long time. It started we got 35 minutes. <laughs> Perfect. So, <laughs> here we go. Once upon a time, a little girl <laughs> lived in Sweden. Uh, yeah, I was born in Stockholm. I mm-hmm. grew up in Sweden. And uh, I guess it, for me, it kind of all started on a personal level. Uh, at uh, my first years at university, I was young. I was already a young feminist. I was studying political science. 
I was interested in sexuality and trying to figure out who I was and mm-hmm. what I liked. And I turned to porn to try to, to, you know, to, to find out more. Mm-hmm. And uh, my first experience was that my body did get turned on by the images that I was looking at. Uh, and that felt good. But at the same time, I didn't like too much most of the images that mm. I was presented to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw this classical kind of structure in them where everything was around the men and around their sexuality. And the women tended to be used as some kind of vehicle for, you know, the men's sexuality, their role Uh, were mostly to satisfy others, to satisfy men. Mm -hmm. But so few times it was really about the women and about their sexuality. Mm -hmm. And that frustrated me. And it made me feel like, no, this is not who I am. And this I can't identify with this. I am not this kind of, you know, blow-up doll or this kind of uh, person that's only there for him. Uh, so I, uh, I I started to 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 look, you know, for 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 more text on 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 the internet about pornography. I wanted to find more more things, and then I came across this book by Linda Williams. She's a professor, film professor at uh, Berkeley. Mm-hmm. University, and she had written a book called Hardcore, The Frenzy of the Visible. And that book really opened up my mind about that porn wasn't only porn, that it was actually a whole discourse about sexuality and about, you know, masculinity and femininity and the roles we play and the power play and the power structure. And uh, in this book, she also presented me to um, to Candida Royale, uh, uh, a director who unfortunately died a few years ago. Uh, but she was kind of the pioneer in a genre of pornography for women. She mm-hmm. uh, had had the same ideas that I had growing up before me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, she started to make her films already in the 80s and they were totally focused on female pleasure. Mm-hmm. And then when I found her films and I saw that it was really possible to think from another perspective, mm-hmm. uh, that was really what kind of Triggered me and challenged me into start my own process of uh, thinking about how could I make a film that I would like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that happened years after. Because yeah, did you first, have any experience in film at this point? Uh, not other than watching. Okay. <laughs> film was, you know. So you knew like kind of what you wanted to do, but you didn't necessarily know how to go about it. Exactly. Maybe. Film was a great passion for me. Uh, I mean, really, I had always, always enjoyed film. I had been a lot in contact with theater and dance. Mm-hmm. My little sister uh, was a ballet dancer at a very young age. Uh, and I had three tickets to the theater uh, <laughs> always. And that was, you know my biggest passions when when I was a kid, really. Uh, 
but uh, but then I was a good student, and you know I started university. I did this great career in political science. Yeah, you got to pick a safe major. Yes, you want to pick course. one of those artsy majors. You'll, <laughs> you won't be a starving student yeah, your whole life. That, everybody told artists. me that, and yeah. then I mean I am also a very driven person, and I you know I wanted to work in in women's rights, mm. uh, and I wanted to work in international organizations, and that was my idea. That's why I. You know, I traveled, I learned languages. Uh, I uh, went down to study at the university in Complutense in Madrid. Mm -hmm. And then I decided that I wanted to move to Barcelona because I had fallen in love with Barcelona. Mm -hmm. Barcelona is still my one of my biggest loves in the world. <laughs> I love my city. It's so I've fantastic. I've never been. Oh, you I've never been to, to Spain. Come. Spain's like the only like big European country I haven't been to yet, oh my which God. is a shame. I know. It is wonderful, really. I, I will make it out there someday. Yeah, come, come, come. I will. <laughs> and 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 then I ended up in Barcelona. But in Barcelona, I had a difficulty really to find to find a job because mm. uh, there was no big international organizations, mm -hmm. and I didn't talk Catalan mm -hmm. uh, because in Barcelona there's two official languages: it's okay. Catalan and Spanish. And I had learned Spanish, but I didn't talk Catalan, so it was difficult to to manage that political career of mine. Yeah. And then I had friends working uh, in production companies. Advertisement, basically, a little television, a little films, and I uh, needed a job. So they got me a job as a runner, a mm. driver. Mm -hmm. And that's how I started in the film business, wow. driving cars. I went to the airport, I picked up actors, I draw them to the set and, you know... That kind of things, bringing coffee, doing, you know, juices and organizing. And then little by little, I uh, I got to work as a production assistant, as a mm -hmm. production manager, as a location manager and as a producer. And doing the work, I learned how to make films. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I absolutely loved it, mm -hmm. that I, you know, I loved every second of it. Uh, so I went to film school during nighttime and I started to learn everything I could about, you know, directing and how to work with actors and camera equipment and, and everything I could. And I, um, I had this opportunity to make a short film. Uh, this is in the year 2004. And I wrote a little script uh, for a film called The Good Girl. And mm -hmm. I uh, gathered a little money and I filmed it. And that was my big debut. Mm -hmm. uh, so then I didn't really know what to do with the film because I didn't. I I had learned all this about making it, but I did. I I didn't know anything about distribution. So no, there was no sex in this film, right? Yes. Oh, there was. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Was, okay. There was sure. sex in the film. <laughs> yes. 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 Because that was that, that was kind of you know my idea what when when I do. when I started to think what what do I want to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, then I went back to these ideas that I had had at university uh, mm -hmm. and uh, they were much based in the idea that you could show women in uh, another way, in another situation when it came to the sex, you know. So I wanted to make a, a female protagonist. My, my, my script was about her. It was her story. She was the character driving what was happening. She was the one desiring and wanting and, mm -hmm. and she got her own pleasure out of it. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of, you know, the idea. Um, 
But but then the movie was basically in my drawer for a year because I didn't know what to do with it. But then I sent it to a festival. It won an award. And then uh, I uh, had just seen that the blogs had become very popular online. Mm-hmm. In 2004 was the boom of the blogs. Mm-hmm. You know, suddenly people started to, to become media themselves, mm-hmm. right? So I started my own little blog, ericalas.com, and I started to talk about feminism, sexuality, and porn. And I put up my film for free mm-hmm. because that was the only way I didn't yeah. know how to do it. I had absolutely no idea about distribution and about earning money out of it. And in just two weeks, it had had two millions of downloads. Wow. Yes. And that was the moment like, oh, my God, what happened? This can't be true. And, you know, emails were pouring in and people were saying, we love your film. Make more, make more. And then me and my partner at that time, uh, he's today my husband, Mm -hmm. uh, Pablo, uh, uh, we sat down and we said, oh, my God. There's an opportunity here. People want this, you mm-hmm. know. We 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 have you know we have got to to understand something here. Had, had you been told in the past that um, there was no point in creating porn for women that women yes. didn't watch porn yes. and it was yes. a waste of money, waste yes. of time, yes. All no market. That no market that you know women were just interested of getting money out of sex not they would mm-hmm. never ever waste their money on mm-hmm. products that had to do with it. yeah mm-hmm. i had heard all of that yeah, so many times but i don't know i was young and a little you know careless i i i just felt like no oh, hey this is this is what i want to do this is you know my vision yeah and somehow it worked. And and that's, you know, after that, we created our production company and we started to make our own films. But then, I mean, then it was definitely a lot of, of difficult uh, moments on the road. It sounds, you know, when you, when you talk about it in 10 minutes, it sounds like everything was very easy. Yes. But creating an adult business uh, and a distribution, it's very complicated. It takes a lot of time. There's a lot of setbacks. It's not at all the same thing as wanting to sell shoes Mm -hmm. uh, because we are struggling all the time with the rules that are set for adult businesses, how difficult it is to find credit card processors and how expensive Expensive it is because I always try to tell people that remember that adult content is more expensive because on every sale we we are paying 16, 17 Mm percent to credit card processors. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then it's oh, difficult to find companies, you know, with streaming services. It's difficult to find companies who wanting to do, you know, emailing all these basic Things for other companies we can't use. So we have to create our own infrastructure. Yeah, just for me to even find insurance when I started my own company, for me to even get insurance for myself was difficult. Most companies wouldn't insure me because it was adult. Yeah. When I finally found someone who was willing to insure me, they charged me like so much money. Right. And people even opening bank accounts. Oh, I yeah. talked to so many performers uh-huh. having trouble opening bank accounts. Yep. I mean. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. If they don't let us do honest business, mm-hmm. 
then of course, uh, obviously, there's a lot of of great people out there who will turn down this business. They don't yeah. want to get involved because yeah, the red tape they don't and, dare. Yeah, and everything is 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 difficult. Mm. So then, um, so then, you, did you start? Ex- when did you start Ex Confessions? Ex Confession. I started uh, fi- almost five years ago. This and was it from the off the bat? The idea was to get um, scripts, ideas from other people, and then turn it into an actual movie. Yeah, the idea was the idea was was to create a community, really, mm-hmm. of 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 our audience because I felt that they were already so active. I, you know, I since since the start, really, I'm receiving so much feedback, so many emails, so many interactions on social media. People are coming up to me all the time wanting to share their ideas. Mm-hmm. It's like, I love this film, but I have this idea. Why don't you make it? You mm-hmm. know, so so the idea came around because of, of, of all those wonderful ideas that I felt were so different from... Most of the storylines in mainstream porn, you know, right. it's very repetitive sometimes, yes. you know. you go like, Oh, believe me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very aware. You know, think about something new, you yeah. know. And I felt that all these people that I had around me, they had so fresh, so cool ideas. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, X Confessions was just this website online where people were sharing all these stories. And then I uh, I was about to make a new movie after I had made Cabaret Desire. And I didn't really know what movie I was going to make. And I was, you know, I was working with this concept of six female voices. And it was supposed to be six different uh, stories by women. But I didn't really, mm, it didn't really feel right somehow. Uh, and then... Then suddenly I said, I should just film these confessions by people, you know. And Pablo looked at me and he like, that's a wonderful idea. Yeah, let's do that. And then uh, we did our first, uh, I think the summer of 2013, we did our first two films for Mm Ex-Confessions. And we had wonderful feedback and then we kept going. But it took around a year until we really... Uh, started to have regular updates because it's always you it's know, slow. Yeah, it's very slow at the beginning. It's yes. very difficult to start something, and then it's the financing because our company is a very organic, small mm. family business. We yeah. don't have other investors. It's yeah. we are Same the here. only owners. Yeah, yeah, and then. It takes time, you know. Mm-hmm. You can't make more than that comes in. Right. So it took time to 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 start it rolling, uh, but then when it started to roll, uh, we decided quite uh, quickly that we were gonna try to do two releases every month, a new release every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And that is the rhythm that has been going on for the last three and a half, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I came to a point where I was making 26 short films a year and I realized that it was too much for me mm-hmm. because, you know, I work so much with the quality and the concept and the stories and it takes time. And also I want to have a life. I yeah. want to have time for my daughters. Right. I, you know, I have friends. I have family. I, I was do kind of amazed of to hear, honestly, that you yeah. had two kids because I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I feel like I can barely get everything done. You do five times as many things as me and you have children. I was like, what is my excuse? <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know how I do it. I just do it. That's you know? every parent that I know <laughs> yeah. says the same thing. They're like, I don't know how I do it. I just do it. You just 
do it. You just make it happen because yeah. you have to. But it's also, gotta... it's, it's, I mean, you can't do it by yourself. It, we yeah. have grandparents, uh, yeah, yeah. four wonderful grandparents, uh, aunties, mm-hmm. uh, friends, a wonderful husband. Uh, and we are all, you know, helping out. And then uh, when it comes to, to the company, I mean, it's not, we are not the only two working. We are actually 18 people in Barcelona at this point. I saw that. So uh, have you expanded like quite a bit lately? Yes. And so yes. I, I want to ask you, so uh, we became aware of each other. I mean, I'd yeah. heard your name before, but I didn't really know <laughs> yeah. who you were until you were. So we shared the same exactly. documentary, <laughs> Hot Girls Wanted, Turn On. Um, uh, episode one, women on top. And, um, yeah, I mean, did that, did that documentary make a big difference for you? Did it kind of catapult you? Did it like, how did that, how was your experience with the whole thing? I mean, it, it definitely made a difference, uh, regarding, uh, American public because Mm. we, I mean, our, our audience, our main audience is in Europe. Mm -hmm. Okay. I am based in Barcelona, Spain, but our main audience is Germany and the UK mm-hmm. uh, and the north of Europe, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, when this documentary came out, we definitely felt that we got a bigger audience on the American market. And you are a big market, you know that. Yeah. So that helps a lot. Yeah. Uh, Yes. And then how did you feel? Were you happy with the documentary? Like, how did you feel about how it came out? Well, you know how it is uh, when you get into a documentary, you have to know that uh, you you are open to be portrayed uh, the way that they see you. Yes. Uh, you are not in charge of deciding what they're going to choose and what they're right. not going to choose. And uh, as a whole experience, yes, I am happy. but then there are obviously always small things that you go like, why, why did they use that? Mm-hmm. Or why did they, you know, use a face that I did in one circumstances in another yeah, uh, situation kind of, uh, yeah. that was kind of faking the drama of a situation? Yeah. Those kind of things yeah. never feels very yeah. good. But I mean, I am a filmmaker. So, so you I, understand. I know yes. that they want build drama yes. and I understand how they work and I mean I'm a big girl I can take uh, yeah. you know yeah. I, 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 if I get into the game yeah. I have to accept it yeah I, I, I hear you I feel the same way <laughs> I overall I liked it as well but there was this one point where they, I didn't know they were filming me and they filmed me like mumbling under my breath like like angrily like cursing out my client and I had no idea right, that they had right, filmed that right. like I didn't know they were shooting me the guy no. was like hiding in the corner um, and then like just the end you know when it's like my silhouette against the <laughs> against the backdrop and I'm like I don't know where my place will be in porn anymore and, like the sad music and there's like and it was like so much more dramatic than like it, you, you know my life it, actually yeah. is and I literally had friends call me afterwards they're like are you okay yeah, yeah, like right. are you gonna like jump off a bridge I'm like I'm fine like it, it looked more dramatic yeah. than it was and so that was kind of funny, but it was fine mm-hmm. because the same thing as a as a director, like I understand right, right. that need to maybe make it a little bit more dramatic than it was because I mean, in the end, it's entertainment, you of know. Of course, it is. So. 
But I don't know if but, but you... But then it's difficult. I mean, for in, in my case, for example, they were showing a moment where one of my actresses, it looked like she was getting hurt from mm. sex. And that was not really the situation. Mm-hmm. She was ovulating. And you know mm-hmm. when you're ovulating, yes. that sometimes you can be a little sour and, and yes. it's like... Yeah. yeah. And, and that was the only thing that really happened. You know, it was yeah. over in in five seconds, yeah. really. It wasn't like a big thing. Yeah. But then, you know, it, it's okay because I went in there and I'm like, hey, are you okay? What yeah. is going on? I mean, you came across I'm, great. Yeah, I, I, I came across, okay. Yeah. But, the, but, then, but then also... You know, with the, with the kind of the whole documentary series, um, things that I don't like too much is when I see that it always tends to happen that when they are talking about porn and sex, it tends to be so much negative stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just feel like there are so many positive things out there, so many mm-hmm. positive stories to tell, so many so many just regular, normal people working mm-hmm. in this business. And I think that their stories are so worth to hear. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a little sad to see that it's so easy to go on the victimization mm-hmm. path. Yes. You know, when they talk about porn. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I thought uh, the other episodes, yeah, there was some of them that made me a little bit uncomfortable. And there were definitely people in my industry that were, yes, they were not, screaming at the yeah. top of their fucking yeah. lungs about it. But I was grateful that I felt like our episode was at least like I, we didn't exploit anybody. Yeah. I was like... I was like, I'm so glad that I wasn't like the rest of those episodes, you know, but I, I wanted to tell you actually. So watching myself in the episode, I have to say really kind of changed me in a way. And you had a lot to do with that. So, you know, I was, when I shot that, I was kind of like in this dark place. Like I was, um, one of my clients had just like cut our budgets by two grand a scene. And there was like some other stuff going on that I just felt very, they caught me at like kind of almost the perfect time for what they were going for because I really did feel like, where am I going? And I was in this very, like, kind of shaky place um, at work and in my personal life. So, you know, I see myself on this. And you know how, like, you don't really – sometimes when you see yourself from a third-party perspective, you see yourself a lot differently. And what I saw was I saw you – being like so inspired and, you know, ambitious and really like pushing forward um, something that you believed in and you really had a direction and you had a purpose. And I saw myself sitting there just kind of whining about how like there was no money in porn anymore and how like I hate my job and poor me and wham. (laughs) And I was just like, and I saw you and I saw, and you kind of reminded me of the way that I felt that I used to be because, you know, I've been in this industry for 20 years and I used to like be so enthusiastic about my work and my job and when I had a lot more creative control over what I was doing and it was just like, and, and it was, you know, it meant so much to me and I felt artistically fulfilled and, and seeing you kind of reminded me of the way that I used to feel about my job. And then it, I don't know, it kind of woke me up in a yeah, strange way. Yeah, it sounds like was an like, awakening. It yeah. It was so in a way it was good for me because I was like, okay, you know, nothing changes unless something changes. Right. And do you really want to just sit here and just whine about no, how nothing's no, changing no, when you're you not doing anything? No, you don't want to do that. You so want it, to get in there yes, and do it. Exactly. Yes. So it kind of like 
helped shift me, helped mm-hmm. kind of break me on my rut mm-hmm. a little bit. And, you know, seeing you definitely inspired me. And I've seen mm-hmm. Rashida a couple of times since that um, documentary wrapped. Right. And I told her and I was like, you know, I kind of want to thank you. Like you actually yeah. helped me see myself in a different way. Yeah. And it was actually like a positive thing for me. That's wonderful to hear. So, and yeah. I'm so happy if I could help inspiring, you. you know, really. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. See, it's not just 20 year old girls yeah. fresh out of film school. And we need to inspire other people because yeah. we really need women in this industry. Yeah. I think it's so crucial and it's so important. And I think that there are many, you know, many young filmmakers out there who are curious and who wants to, you know, get in and to, to work with sexuality. But they are very afraid of the stigma, mm. of course, because yes. it is difficult to be in this and yes. you have a lot of eyes on you. And uh, you have to explain to a lot of people why and kind of always the explaining, you know, Mm -hmm. and that gets tiring sometimes. But I think it's very important for them to see us, to Mm -hmm. see other women doing this and seeing that it's possible. And seeing that, you know, it's possible to do this and have like a well-balanced life, you know, and, and be, quote unquote, a normal person. You know, one thing that... I've noticed whenever I meet people who don't have any experience in the porn industry, whether it be a journalist or, I don't know, a new assistant or something like that, and they have an expectation of what they pe- they think people in the porn industry will be like, and then they're almost always so surprised at, like, how cool and normal, like, we mm-hmm, all are, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and funny and creative and intelligent yes. and smart yes. and, you know, and not just, like... Okay, these are promiscuous people who yes, are, you know, yes. because that's the idea they have. Oh yeah, no. So I've, we need to change those visions. So many guys right? are like, yeah. So like after the scene, you like have sex with the girl. I'm like, yeah, I jump right in there after a 12 hour shooting day. That's the only the, thing I'm I just want. Like, you know, big end of a big squirting scene. I'm like head fucking first dive in there. Ah. So, like, the last thing I want to do is have sex after a long day of shooting. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And journalists, they always ask me, you know, they're like, so how do you get turned on when you're on set? And I'm like, I'm in all these hundred fucking details that yes. I need to figure out. That's I don't like have my, time for that. It's like my least favorite question. <laughs> yeah. I told Because it's the truth. You're thinking about every, almost everything right. else but the sex. You know, the angles, the lighting, <laughs> the, like, timing, the, like, sound. I mean, it's just, like, it's it's crazy. It's, yeah. it's everything. And the timing, basically. And it's like t- you're looking. Yes. Okay, how many minutes? How many minutes? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um. So this brings me actually to your, you're doing a guest director project now, mm, right? Mm. So you're actually, you've set aside a budget mm. and you have an open call right now right. for people who are interested in trying to shoot an erotic short film for you. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, it, it kind of started, we were talking about about how I could do so many things. Mm. And I said, I was at a point where I was doing 26 short films a year and mm. I just felt like, Mm-hmm. I don't have a life anymore. Uh, and then at the same time, I had all these, you know, people knocking on my door, kind of wanting to to work with me and wanting to do other things. And I put those two together and I realized that here are a lot of opportunities for more people than me. 
so uh, we started this uh, project of uh, open call for guest directors. We are looking for diversity. We are looking for, especially for women, because it is important to get more female gays in there mm. and other visions. Uh, but also, if you are a man and you have a wonderful idea, uh, you are welcome yeah. to, you know, send your submission. Uh, we're looking for people all around the world because I want, uh, I want uh, really to 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 see how we live sexuality in different, you know, contexts and different countries, um, and. Um, since we started, we have already shot, I think, 20 short films. We have more uh, in the pre-production at this moment. Uh, just this week, I received a film from two girls in Finland that they'd made, you know, uh, three weeks ago with the snow and the sauna oh, and cool. like lovely setting. Uh, next week we are shooting in, in Brazil. So it's really, it's really working. And for me, it's so amazing because, you know, uh, I, I, I get like more excited when I see other people's films mm. than my own films because with my own films I'm only in the technical details and then only see the faults you know yeah. oh my god I know exactly <laughs> what you mean I know exactly what you mean that's all I look for and it's like by the time your film is done you're over it because exactly. you shot it exactly. you're there during the and edit. it's not you've exciting it, no, to you you've seen it a thousand yeah. times yeah. and you're just over it why did I do that yes. oh why didn't I change that how involved yeah. are you in the process of these other people directing these well, scenes. I'm 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 because obviously they're using their own crew and everything, yeah, right? Yeah, they're yeah, just yeah, turning yeah. in a finished product. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have we some some people have come to Barcelona and we have helped them to set up a crew. But the basic idea is for them to shoot in their locations. Mm. Uh, so we are uh, we are helping them with the ideas. I mean, most of them are are looking for confessions on the site. Some mm-hmm. have written their own confessions. Mm. Uh, then they send their treatments. We are helping them to build a great treatment. We are helping them with the casting because mm. that's always a difficult process. Yeah. And if you don't know people, uh, you know, it's difficult to find the right people. Mm. Uh, and then uh, then we are financing. Uh, they are editing. Uh, they are shooting. They are editing. They are sending their their uh, their films. And then we make our comments, etc. And then we are doing the the distribution. So that really is like a hundred, pretty much a hundred percent their They're, product. They, they have they, they the have creative, edit, yes, yeah. they have creative freedom with you know with help and inputs and guidance. Mm-hmm. But they have creative freedom of mm-hmm. the project. Yeah. And the more, you know, the more diverse they are, uh, the happier uh, we feel kind of, you know, because I really see this every time I go to screenings also and we have Q&As and there's always someone standing up asking me like for more inclusiveness, even if I do a lot of diversity Mm -hmm. and I try to to really to show different ethnicities, different body types, uh, even, you know, different ages, even if it's difficult, you know. Um, because most people are under 40. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how the business yeah. is working. You know? It's a physical activity. It's that a physical is, activity. You're engaging in yeah. and it's, it can be difficult. Yeah. Having sex on camera <laughs> in front of a bunch of people is not that easy. No, it's not easy <laughs> it's at really all. It's, it's, it's a complex profession. Yes, yes definitely. 
Yeah. So now you have, you talked a little bit about this um, at the event and I found it interesting just because like we have like some similarities on opposite ends in this. So you have two young girls Mm -hmm. and you were talking a little bit about how, um, you know, you were trying to raise them with a healthy understanding about sex and Mm -hmm. about porn Mm -hmm. um, and that they know what you do. Yeah. So as you know, my mother obviously Mm -hmm. is in the industry. Mm -hmm. So because the one question that people always ask me is like, when did you find out what your mom did for a living and how did that make you feel and blah, 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 blah. And for me, there was never like this moment, this like epiphany where I found out, you know, it was kind of like my parents never really hid it from me. They didn't show it to me, but they didn't hide it from me. And I knew that what they did was something that was for grownups and it wasn't appropriate for children. And, you know, it involved people having sex and that, I don't know. And people are just, they're so fascinated by that question. Yeah. And for me, like I just had a great childhood, great parents, and that's kind of what I remember. I don't necessarily remember like what my mom did for a living. It didn't like occupy oh, right, my because life. because it's her work. Yeah. So, so is that kind of how you feel like with your it's kids? It's pretty much how it I sound, feel. It sounds yes. like you kind of are handling it the same way with them that my yeah, parents did yeah. with me. Yeah, I, I, I think I do. Oh, I should I should talk to your mother. Yeah. Well, here, I'm just giving you a shining example <laughs> right. of how great your kids are going to turn out to be. That is wonderful. So I, there you I, go. I, no, no it, totally everything feels Very easy. healthy, no, but, mentally but, well-balanced. But I guess for me, it's a lot about, <laughs> it's a lot about, you know, just handling it as you were handling other aspects of life. I agree. I think that when you when you put so much what a lot of people do is they put so much shame around sex yeah. so that like you know they they teach their kids this kind of more perspective right. on their own sexuality, on their own bodies and stuff like that. And I think also too I feel like it's more prevalent here in the United States right. than it is necessarily probably, in Europe, it right? Probably is, but I feel a lot of times like you know, it's not my secret; it's just my job. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. Mm, I don't. And have your it. kids probably don't really care that much. No, they don't. They yeah. they think that kissing is disgusting. Yeah, at this age, yes. you know, they are still when I kiss my husband, they go like, "Oh, yeah, that is disgusting." And they know, you know, they know that I make films. They know that I'm in media. That sometimes I'm on television in a magazine they know that I talk a lot about feminism they are very you know they are feminists mm. even if they're seven and ten they are yeah. fully aware you know they identify situations they are on top of it mm-hmm. you know uh, and they know that they know they, they know what sex is mm-hmm. you know yeah uh, they know um they know that I make films where people are having sex, where mm-hmm. people are kissing, where adults are being naked. They think it's quite like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. But it's not strange to yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like pretty much like how it was for me. So I just thought there was an inch. I, I think you're doing. I'm just gonna tell you right now, you're doing a great job. Thank you. Just, you know. Then, then so, we'll ask them in a few years yeah. <laughs> what they say, you know. <laughs> well, also, I will tell you, too, that my brother, I have a younger brother and sister, mm-hmm. um, obviously raised by the same parents, and neither of them work in the adult industry. They have very normal jobs. Right. So, you know. And they feel the same way as you do yeah. with education. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not a big deal well, to them. 
No, and then and then again, I mean, it's it's also ridiculous that people are asking us so much because it's something that all parents have to do yes. anyways. Yes. You know, it's not. It's out there. It's out there. You yeah. have to talk to your kids about sex. You have to explain to them. You have to talk to them when you give start giving them technology. Yes, you have to talk to them about porn because yeah. they are gonna stumble upon it online. Maybe they will even look for it yes. online. You know, yeah, and they start at very early ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, many kids starts at around nine years old you know they are starting to find it so mm-hmm. please you know be aware of that as a parent prepare them for it talk to them explain that porn is an exaggerated fiction of sex but it's not necessarily the same tell them that it's meant for adults right the same way as terror movies are not meant for kids that if right. they will watch you know a, a war drama they will not sleep uh, yeah. i yeah. mean so if they watch porn you know they will probably feel uncomfortable i mean i i did the first time i watched porn i watched yeah. porn the first time when i was i don't know 10 11 around then and you know it was at a pajama party with the girls in my class one girl had found a, a videotape that her father you know, had taped from some late night television Mm -hmm. and she put it on in front of the whole group and we went like, oh, what is this? You know, know, it's crazy though because the porn that you and I saw back then is different than the porn today because I used to sneak into like my parents' office and steal the magazines that my mom was shooting for. But back then it was just softcore. Yeah. You know, um, the photos and the magazines couldn't, you couldn't even show penetration. So, and it was a lot of like comedy stuff. Yeah. Like exaggerated comedy parody porn kind of. The first time I saw a porn movie, I remember it actually, it was this girl, she had a date with this nerd that she didn't want to go out with. (laughs) And the nerd was sitting downstairs in the living room with her parents, like waiting for her to come downstairs from being ready and um, then this like hunky guy climbs up the tree through her window, and then they have sex in the bedroom. And then at the and then like the nerd and like the parents are like listening to the it creaking like above. It sounds like a mix kind of between a movie I remember, "Can't Buy Me My Love," and the Coca Cola Light advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but yeah, it was like kind of funny, but it was yeah. all like. So- and yeah. now you go online and silly. you see yeah. like. Crazy hardcore double, triple penetration. I mean, I yeah, and it's not, I can't and, imagine kids and, looking and at that. And so these many days. times, it's not. It's not. Uh, I mean, what I don't like about so much, you know, these tube sites, it's the language that they are using. Mm. Many times, it's not even the images. It's, it's a language. It's so sexist. It's so racist. It's so disrespectful, really. Mm-hmm. And that. That makes me go crazy, you know. I don't understand why can't sex be about, you know, having a great time together, about, mm-hmm. you know, the passion and why why does it have to be so focused on punish fucking women and destroying tiny teens and all this, you know, just shit porn. Yeah, yeah. And that's well, and you are here to provide like the opposite, an alternative for people for who want to watch sex because we do feel great when we watch other people having sex, mm-hmm. but in respectful circumstances mm-hmm. and with you know a cinematographic beautiful look to it. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to a new filmmaker who um, wants to break into erotic filmmaking? Well, first of all, uh, my 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 most important advice is 
do it because I have so many women thinking about it, circulating around me, saying, you know, telling me they're like, I've been thinking about this for a year now and still they haven't come up with a submission. So for women, I'm always trying to push them because men tend to be so much more pushier. Mm -hmm. You know, they are so secure about themselves and their ideas and they don't really care. They're just like, hey, I have this great idea. I want to shoot it. <laughs> but women are like, I don't know. Maybe it's not good enough. Oh, mm -hmm. I should work about, mm -hmm. you know, more time. It needs more time. Really need to, to marinate this. And I, I just feel like, no, come on. No. No more marination. Mm -hmm. Now we are going to do it. We're yeah. going to get into it. We're going to get a camera. We're going to shoot it. And your first movie will probably not be fantastic, but it will be good enough. And yeah. it will help you to do the second one and the third one and the fourth one. And maybe the fifth one will, you know, win a prize at the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. What do you know, you know? Yeah. But you have to do the first one. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's all about experience on set and you won't get that unless you do it. What is it? What do they say? How many hours you have to do to become master of your craft? Is it like... 10,000 hours or is it 100,000? That's karate 10, kid. Hours. Karate kid. So like strategy. if you so you yeah. you if you do one thing yeah. for 10,000 hours and apparently that makes you become like an expert on yeah. it that's how the human sounds, brain sounds works. Sounds fabulous. I, I feel like I've been doing what I've been doing for 10,000 hours but it doesn't feel like I'm an expert. You know it's funny what you say <laughs> about that because I look back at some of the first films right. that I shot they're so terrible. But I didn't know that the mic had to follow the people around the room. Like I just like there's right, so, there's like how, cords in the shot. But this terrible. is the things you learn doing yeah, it. I mean I, I would mean, it's the same how I, I did the same when I when I look at my first movie I, I feel the same way. Yeah. Technically, it's not a big thing, you know. Mm -hmm. But then I do see the I do see the soul in it. I do mm -hmm. see the passion in it. Mm -hmm. I do like you know the ideas, and that makes me it makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Erica. I could yeah. talk to you forever, but I know you have to go. Well, um, I, I have I have such a schedule know, here, know. you know. It's like, and I'm You're I'm in demand. It's just one more day, and then I'm leaving. So. Have to There'll meet be no a lot more, of people. No more and Erica. Los Angeles is super big, yeah. Every yeah. time you have to move around, oh. it's like an extra hour. Oh yeah, like I won't make more than like two appointments in a day because like it'll take you forever to get there. Oh. Yeah, Imagine that when I have four or five, how I'm going. I'm like a crazy person out in the city. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Well, they find me on Erica Last. That's Erica with a K. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Yesterday, I reached 100,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> I know you have much more. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have a bunch of, like, millennial, like, girls screaming and crying in the oh. back at a big event that I threw. Oh. So, you know, just saying. Should we, should we, should we interchange? <laughs> I need 400 people screaming my name on stage. Uh, it will happen. Uh. Uh. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you need to start singing. Oh, my <laughs> God. That'll, yeah, no, then they will leave. I have a horrible voice. I was like singing a dying and dancing oh, no, no, no. and doing the show. That was such a bad idea. <laughs> such a bad idea. Um, and then, obviously, ericalust.com. ericalust.com. xconfessions.com. xconfessions.com. And then where can people go if they want to submit their uh, stories yes, themselves the as best, the guest director? The best place is ericalast.com slash open call. Okay, fantastic. There's all the information. Great. 
Thank you again so Thank much you. for taking the time to come on. It was such a pleasure to finally meet That's you. Such a pleasure. And um, you're an incredible inspiration and keep doing what you're doing. You are making a change in this world. Thank you so much. And you are also uh, believe in yourself. Come Thank on, you. come on, come on. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to take that world. You can become my life coach. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Motivational talk. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank uh, you so much for tuning in. Um, if you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Unfiltered. Otherwise, if you don't want to spend any money, which I totally understand, um, go to iTunes and please rate me five stars and leave me a review. I would appreciate it so much. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Spend the money. (laughs) (laughs) Buy your porn. (laughs) Erica is such an inspiration. I absolutely loved that interview. It was so great to talk to somebody who is such an incredible passion about her work and who really has a mission with her work. I really appreciate everything that she's doing for women in porn today. And it was a real delight to have her in the studio. Thank you so much, Erica, for coming in. Best of luck on all of your future projects. And we wish you all the best. Next week on the show, we have the amazing Abigail Mack. Everybody loves Abigail, and we're going to find out why everybody loves Abigail. So make sure that you tune in next week for Abigail Mack on Holly Randall Unfiltered.